Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. I'm sure that all of you know what our focus is as a ministry. Do you know? Can someone tell me what is our focus, our mission as a ministry, as Grace Life? To make disciples. Yes, to make disciples. That is so true. No? If you paid attention in church, you will know that our focus is to reach people with the gospel. Amen. No? And uh, when they are born again believers, the aim is to mature them into disciple making disciples. So, a disciple making disciple. Amen. You are, are, are matured as a Christian so that you again go out and you share the word. You again go out and you mm. make disciples. Mm. And um, yesterday I heard Shane put it this way in the, in the school of the believer that is on at the moment and on su- Saturday mornings. Mm. He said, This mission. Or their mission is to reach the lost and to disciple the found. To reach the lost and to disciple the found. Um, And I know that every person that shares from this pulpit, Philip, uh, Emily, Rita, myself, anyone here that Grace Life allows to speak from this pulpit has this heart in them. Um, And when you listen to our messages, that is what will come across. Okay. Yesterday morning was School of the Believer, like I said, and it was so good to hear that what I had on my heart for this morning is also what they were talking about. Um, God has been speaking to me about becoming a more outward-focused person. And to start being a more eternity-focused person. To focus more on heaven uh, on heaven than on the things of the earth. Alright? As long as we are self-focused, the gospel will not go out. You get that? Yeah. As long as we are self-focused, the gospel will not go out. Mm-hmm. Colossians 3 verse 1 is our first scripture of the morning. Colossians 3 verse 1. You guys can go there. Colossians 3 verse 1, it says, If ye be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with Him in glory. Okay. So this verse can be used as both as a, a statement and a question. Eh? He says here in the beginning, if you be risen with Christ. It's a simple question. Eh? Yeah. If you are risen, are you a believer? That's what it means. Are you a believer? Amen. Yes, amen. No? Then, if it's yes, then that means the rest of this verse applies directly to you. Alright, this verse applies directly to you. He says, Seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above, 
where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things of the earth. That's a, that's a, a statement or a command to those who are believers. Alright? So if you said yes now, this is what we need to do. Alright? Set our, our, set our minds and set our affections on things above, the realities of heaven. This carries the idea to direct one's mind to a thing, to seek, to strive for, intensively, to interest oneself in, no? to set your affections. What is your affections? That is what you, what you are interested in, no? um, what your heart focuses on. Alright, set your affections. I like how he says, to intensively interest yourself in. In the things of God. Amen. This is something we need to purposefully do as believers. Alright. We are going to have to make a conscious effort. It's not going to happen automatically. To set your your mind and to set your your affections on something. Is not going to happen automatically. We have to be purposeful. And let me confess and say this. I say it to myself first. Because it's so easy. To get distracted. It's so easy to get distracted from the things of God. Alright? That's why He says to us, set your affections, set your mind. Alright? We need to constantly reset our focus onto the things of God. Alright? Because so easily it's, it drifts off and then I just the picture that I get is pull it back. Pull it back on the things of God. Alright? And on eternity. In the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower in Mark 4 verse 18, Mark 4 verse 18, Jesus says, Now these are the ones sown among thorns. So Jesus is telling the, the parable of the sower where the sower sows the seed, which is the word of God. No? Um, these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Okay, so they, he gives us three things here. No? Three things um, that separate, the, I think three separate things uh, that make the word unfruitful. But I think all three has to do with being self-focused. No? If we think about it. Um, it's all about our needs and what we believe will make us happy and bring us fulfillment. Okay, It says, first, the cares of this world. Yeah. What do you think is the cares of this world? Another translation says, the worries. The worries of this world. The worries of this life. Mm-hmm. What do you think that could be? There's a lot of worries lot in of this worries. life. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Yeah, if you want to worry, you can find something to worry. Yeah. If you want to worry, then you're going to find something. Yeah. Amen. That's so true. Um, we are afraid of not having enough and getting enough. Yeah. Fear of lack. Yes. Afraid of how things will affect us and how comfortable our lives is. Another translation, like I said now, is the worries of this life. Why worry about things? Because we are afraid of how things will affect us. No? It's self-focused, okay? The desires, sorry, no, first, it's the deceitfulness of riches. Mm -hmm. 
no? If you look at the scripture, it says, The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. What is that? Okay? I would say the deceitfulness of riches is the desire for lots of money. Mm. No? Or uh, uh, obsession with finances. Obsession with having things as well. Yeah. I think it's clear how we can use... Uh, how that can make the word unfruitful. Okay? Trusting in your bank account more than you trust in God. I find myself sometimes guilty of that. I trust my bank account more than I trust God. It's a shame, eh? We need to, we need, that's why the word says, set your mind. Set your affections. Yeah, to share after something about bank accounts, because there are some experiences I want to share. Yeah. You can, definitely. Afterwards. <laughs> trusting you in your bank account more than you trust in God. Letting money guide your choices. Yeah. Yeah? Allowing finances to guide your choices. Sacrificing time with God to get money. What this is talking about is an obsession with money. And did you know that both rich and poor people can be obsessed with money? No? Okay. And then the desires for other things. There's a lot of things in this world that people desire besides God, man. Can you name a few? <laughs> I can name one. It's, it was the entertainment, watching TV. Mm. We love to be entertained, eh? We love to keep our minds busy with nonsense. <laughs> the desires for other things, and I'm sure there's a lot more that we yeah. can think of. Okay. These things are things that distract us from being focused on what really matters. I feel like a broken tape when I say this, because I've been saying this a lot in my messages and, and life group lessons and everything, is that we need to get an eternal perspective. We need to get an eternal perspective. Okay, now that's, that's two very big words. But um, who, would, who would like to guess what an eternal perspective is? Maki, you look like you know what an eternal perspective is. Huh? No? Say again? Oh, you're thinking. Okay. okay. What is an eternal perspective? Yeah, yeah. As on the focus of the ewige leven. Yeah, the ewige leven, eh? Eternity. Amen. The ewige eternity. Philip, you wanted to say something? Fix above. I'm thinking about the fix above. Yeah. The heaven stuff, not fix affecting us here. Yeah. Okay. Fix above could be thinking about saving souls or witnessing. That's things above, not earthly stuff. Yeah. Not everybody fixed this stuff. Thinking how can we be a blessing, can be a help. Yeah, absolutely. So eternal perspective. No? Eternal is easy to understand. It's yeah. forever. Eternal means forever. Okay. And then I don't know what's going on with this. I did put in new batteries. No, I think Stephen here. Oh, it's Stephen busy with the sound. Okay. Um, and then your perspective. Your perspective is how you see things. Okay, eternal perspective. So, the way you see things must be eternal, eternally focused. Okay, 1 John 2, verse 15. 
1 John 2 verse 15. Steven, as you not as you need to come here, I'm going to find One John two verse fifteen says, <coughs> "You all there? Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only craving for physical pleasure." A craving for everything we yeah. see and pride in our achievements and possessions. Okay. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away. Listen to that. This world, this physical world that we are living in now is fading away. It's fading away. Um, all along <coughs> with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So this verse shows us what is not eternal. Eh? This shows us what is not eternal. It is the, the world eh? and everything in it. But he who does what pleases God will live forever. How do we please God? By doing His will. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. So I agree, we do His will, but we do it from a position of faith. Right? Amen. By faith, we please God. And it all starts with becoming a believer, eh? by believing in Him, trusting in Him. So those who believe will remain forever. Okay, This physical world had a beginning, and everything that has a beginning comes to an end. Eh? That which is spiritual, God is spiritual, the spirit of man is spiritual, and it will last forever. No? Physical things come to an end. We know that, no? But spiritual lasts forever. James 4 verse 14 says, James 4 verse 14. James 4 verse 14. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It is there a while, and then it is gone. That is how short our lives are. No? It's like the morning fog. It is there a little while, and then it's gone. Second Corinthians 4 verse 11. Second Corinthians 4 verse 11. says the following. Yes, we live under constant danger. Okay, this is Paul preaching or uh, writing to the Corinthians. Second uh, Corinthians 4 verse 11 until verse 12 and then we're going to skip to verse 16 and read from there until <coughs> 18. Second Corinthians 4 verse 11 says Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. This is Paul the Apostle speaking. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death. But this has resulted in eternal life for you. 
That is why in verse 16, verse 16, that is why we never <coughs> give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. No, that confirms what the previous verse said. Our lives is like fog no, or mist. It's here one moment and when the sun comes up, it's gone. That is why we never give up. Our bodies are dying. Our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. What is that called? That is a eternal perspective. No? <laughs> so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot see will last forever. Alright. So Paul here is writing to the Corinthian church and the troubles that he talks about is persecution. Okay? Persecution. Vervolging. Vervolging. And it's not just, it's, it's extreme persecution. He says they live under constant danger of death. Think about that. This is a very, very profound thought. They live under constant danger of death because they serve Jesus. People were hunting them to kill them. Think about that. No? And imagine yourself in that situation. People were hunting them to kill them because they were preaching the gospel. Imagine yourself in this situation. Imagine the government says, okay, no more Christianity. No, no more Christianity. Uh, you may not spread your faith. You may not share your faith. No one may mention the name of Jesus. Uh, because it's against human rights, and if you are found doing it, you will receive the death penalty. Imagine that happens in our in our country. What will you do? What will you do for spreading the gospel? No? This was what Paul and the church faced. This is what they were facing. Okay. Um, how and why did Paul go on preaching the gospel? How and why did he go on preaching the gospel? We can look at verse 12 again. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 12 says, So we live in the face of death. Why? Because this has resulted in eternal life for you. Okay. Eternal life for others is what motivated Paul. Eternal life for others is what motivated Paul and drove Paul to continue despite discomfort. Despite persecution, <coughs> his desire was to share eternity with others. Alright? His desire was to share eternity with others, not to just keep that wonderful gift to himself. Who of you are going into eternity when they die? If you're a believer, put up your hand. No? We all have eternity. Good or bad, we have eternity. Hot or cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But I mean like eternal life. If you're a believer, you have eternal life. We have a gift that we can share with people. We mustn't just be happy with being saved. No? We must share it with other people. Because the reality is that if we die, 
know, if any person dies, like Philip says, now all of us have is going to go on for eternity. Yeah. Because the human soul is eternal. No? Amen. But it depends on where you spend eternity. Okay, we need this needs to become the focus of our lives. We mustn't keep eternity for ourselves. Eternity is a reality. That is why Paul could call deadly persecution. Né? He says, small troubles that won't last very long. Deadly persecution. He could die if he preached the gospel, if he continued. And Paul did die. Many of the old apostles, many of the church, many of the believers, even until today, there's countries in this world where Christians die for what they believe in. But Paul calls it small troubles that won't last very long and will soon end. And that's the reality of the human life. Our lives is this short. But the reality is that there's eternity waiting for us. Eternity waiting for the unbeliever. And we're going to look at that now. Okay. One of the proofs that Jesus and his death and resurrection is the truth is the fact that Paul and the apostles and the early disciples were willing to die for what they believed. Mm -hmm. This is how we know that the gospel is true. One of the proofs that we know it's true. They were willing to die for it. Think about that. They would not die for if it, if, they knew it was a lie. Would you die for something that you knew was just a story? Hmm? I wouldn't die for something that I thought was just a story. But these guys, they were absolutely yeah. convinced. They knew that this was the truth. And that is why they were willing to die for it. Okay. Um, and they never denied Jesus. All right. In looking at these scriptures, my prayer is that we will develop an eternal perspective. Okay. A perspective is a way of thinking and seeing things. I want this to develop in me, in my heart first. Okay. I'm not pointing my fingers at anyone this morning, but myself. Many times I walk by people and I wonder, is this guy safe? And then I just keep walking. And I don't like that. I want to see myself reaching out more, talking to people about Jesus. Okay. I want to change and I want to reach out more. Second Thessalonians one verse seven. One verse seven. Every person you see, every family member you have, they are going somewhere. They are going somewhere. And I know it's, it's very easy to, to, to forget about eternity because we live in, in time. This is going to be a bit difficult to understand. We live in time. We live our lives moment by moment. So I understand it is easy to forget that there is an eternity ahead. It's so easy to get preoccupied with what I have to do now. Eh? But that is why I'm saying we need, to, we need to set our minds on the things above. Get an eternal perspective. Okay. 
Second Thessalonians 1 verse 7 And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted, and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with His mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. This is what's going to happen. Eh? They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power. Verse 10. When He comes on that day, He will receive glory from His holy people and praise from all who believe. And this includes you, for you believed what uh, we told you about Him. Okay. So here Paul gives us a picture of the future. Okay. Isn't it awesome? We don't have to go to a fortune teller to know the future. Yeah, okay? so <laughs> we, we can just read the Bible and we will know exactly what the future holds. Yeah. Alright? Jesus will appear, it says here, Jesus will appear from heaven in flaming fire with His mighty angels and those who rejected the gospel will receive what will they receive? Punishment, condemnation, judgment. Okay? We need to realize that. Okay? If you have a family member that don't know Jesus, this is what they will receive. Alright? Um, this judgment will be eternal destruction and separation from God. Okay? It says here, Second Thessalonians 1 verse 7, I want to read it for you from the Bible so that you can hear it again. Mm-hmm. When he, he comes in verse 8, it says, In flaming fire, bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus, they will be punished with eternal destruction. Eternal. Eternal destruction. Forever forever separated from the Lord and from His glorious power. I don't want that on anyone. Yeah. I don't want that to happen to anyone. Huh? Yeah. Um, note that the judgment is for those who refuse to obey or believe the gospel. It is for people who separated themselves in this life and willfully rejected the gospel. Okay? They are actually getting what they want. Separation from God. We just read it's eternal separation from God. If someone finds himself under judgment when Jesus returns, it won't be a surprise for them. God will not force someone who rejected him all their life to be with him for eternity. But the thing is, they reject him because they don't know him. They reject God because someone has brought over a wrong image of who God is. They have a misconception about mm. about God. They don't realize He's a loving Father. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. That, is, that is why we as a church need to represent Him accurately. That is why we need to show people the love of God. Many people have got stuck on God is judging. God is judging. Mm. God wants to what's rough, uh, punish you. Which is not the truth. No? God punished Jesus for our sins. Many people believe they need to clean up first. They need to be squeaky clean before they can come to church. It's not the truth. 
Jesus takes care of our sin, not ourselves. Alright? You don't have to stop smoking to come to church. Okay? You don't have to stop doing anything to come to church, to come to Jesus. Let me not say come to church, to come to God for a relationship. It's only by faith. Amen. And that, that is something that people believe. They believe they need to be squeaky clean first before they can come to Him. And we need to set them right. No? We need to tell them the truth. Okay. Those who believe the gospel will give glory and praise to God, as we read in Second Thessalonians, and enter eternal life. Eternal life is the opposite of destruction, no? because we read there, they will, those who do not believe will receive eternal destruction, so we will get eternal life. We will forever enjoy His presence, that is the opposite of separation. Those who do not believe will be separated from God, we who do believe will be united with Him forever. No? We will be with the Lord forever. We will not be punished, but rewarded with thanks from the Lord and those with whom we did share the gospel. Okay. We will not be rewarded with salvation, because that is something we already received. No? We already received salvation. Our salvation will be made complete. But there are rewards waiting for, for some in heaven. Okay. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19. If you go look in the Bible, there's a lot of scriptures that talk about crowns. You will receive the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, the crown of this and that. I'm not going into all of that, um, but let's look at this one. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 19, it says, After all, what gives us hope and joy, and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when He returns? So Paul is asking, what will be our proud reward and crown when we stand before Jesus when He returns? And he says, it is you. It is every believer. Yes, you are our, you are our pride and joy. He says that to the Thessalonian church that he established, the believers that came to faith in God through, through Paul's preaching. No? He says, you are our, our, our pride, <laughs> our proud reward. Sometimes I struggle still with the English, sorry. But yeah, the reward, sorry? Me too. Yeah. The reward that Paul will receive has to do with the people he reached. Those who believe when Paul shared the gospel, um, they are the reward. One of the rewards in heaven will be the people we reach with the gospel. Think about that. Think about that. The gospel is all about eternity. Yes, it has great benefits in this life, but its main purpose is for salvation of the, is for the salvation of what is eternal. Okay, the souls of people. 1 Peter 1 verse 23. 1 Peter 1 verse 23. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end. That's awesome. Our lives won't end quickly. 
Because even if we die, we go on. No. Yeah. Your life yeah. will last forever. Because it comes from the eternal, living word of God. As the scriptures say, verse 24, People are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. But the word of the Lord remains forever. <clears throat> and that word is the good news that was preached to you. So here Peter, uh, the apostle, quotes from Isaiah 40 verse 6 to 8. An Old Testament scripture that is prophesying about the word of God that remains forever. And then Peter explains that this word is the gospel of Christ. No? We saw that there. In verse 28 he says, and, But the word of the Lord remains forever. And then he explains it. He says, That word is the good news that was preached to you. Okay. The gospel will remain forever. And its effects on those who believe is eternal. Okay. We inherit eternal life by just believing the gospel. The good news of what Jesus has done. The gospel is an eternal message. Amen. When we share the gospel with someone, we offer them an opportunity to receive life. We offer them an opportunity to receive life that comes directly from the life giver. Life that comes directly from God. Okay, And we just have to preach the gospel. It's not like we give them the life. The life comes from God, but we need to preach or let me say, we need to share. Because many people think they can't preach. No? But we all can talk. If you can talk, you can share the gospel. No? Mm -hmm. Romans 1 verse 16. Romans 1 verse 16. Paul, Paul says in Romans 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Mm -hmm. For it is the power of God. What is the power of God? The gospel. The, gospel. the power of God <laughs> to salvation for everyone who Believe. believes. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. That's profound. That is profound. The gospel is the only message that contains the power to remove the sinful nature of man. And replace it with eternal life. Okay. Yeah? Replace it with righteousness. Yet the gospel is the only power that can take a man out of darkness and put him into light, into God's kingdom. The only message by which we are born again and given life that will never end. Okay. And it is for everyone. Yeah? It is for everyone who believes. Amen. Okay. No other message can do that. No other philosophy. No other religion can do that. Okay. What's more is that every single human being needs the gospel. Whether they realize it or not. Okay, you need to get this. Every single human being needs the gospel. Whether they realize it or not. And many of the times people don't realize that they need the gospel. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because every man has a soul that will live for eternity. Everything else in this physical world, like we read now, is temporary and will have an end. 
it will disappear. Mm. Okay? It will stop to exist one day. Yeah. Except for what will not stop to exist? The eternal, yeah. But what is eternal? The word is eternal. That is true. And our spirits, yeah. All of your answers is correct, but the one I was looking for is the spirit. No? People's souls, this, we need to get this, guys. I need to get this. People's souls are eternal, and it is crucial that we share the gospel with them. Okay? Because that gives it an opportunity for that person to go into eternity. And that person will thank you one day. That person will thank you one day. In heaven. Amen. Amen. It doesn't matter if you are rich or poor, old or young, tall or short. Everyone needs eternal life. Everyone needs it. Whether they believe it or not. Matthew 6 verse 19. Matthew 6 verse 19 says... Is Jesus, I think, speaking. Yeah. And he says, Don't store up treasures here on earth. Matthew 6.19 Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your, store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Okay, so this scripture is talking about finances, no? Yeah. Uh, he's saying, uh, where your treasure is, where your finances is, there your heart will also be. What you spend your money on is there where your heart will also be. <clears throat> but if we spend our treasure to reach others with the gospel, we know that we cannot send money to heaven. We cannot take it with us to buy a Ferrari to drive around on the streets of gold. No? We can't take our money with us. But we can use our money to reach people with the gospel. In that sense, we are using something that is of this world, that is temporary, to affect eternity. You cannot, uh, sorry, you can hold on to it in this life and buy everything you need no? or everything you desire. Um, or you can use it to make an eternal investment. By using it to help people to make the decision to receive Jesus. Okay? An eternal decision. Okay, so to end off, let's look at what the gospel message is. Because we 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 are adopting this eternal perspective, the the, the we are realizing how, how important it is to share the gospel. But we need to know what the gospel is. Amen. Amen. If Paul could share the gospel in the face of persecution and death, we're not there yet now. We're not in a country where we get persecuted for our faith yet. Okay, So we can surely do it now. Amen? Amen. I decided that wherever I go, if I get the opportunity, I will, I will ask someone and I will share the gospel. Okay? It doesn't matter where you are. If you are standing in a queue, 
if you are taking a taxi, if you are walking to work, if you at work, all of us have people that we can share the gospel with. And I like what Emily did in the Dream Team meeting this morning. She said, let's pray for people that we know don't know the Lord. Because when we pray for people, it directs our hearts to those people. And it gives the Holy Spirit opportunity to speak to us as well and to change how, what we focus on. Okay, It's very important that we pray for unbelievers. Um, every one of us has opportunities to share the gospel, I am certain of it. The problem is that we are not looking out for those opportunities. Because all we think about is what we have to get done, where we need to go. I realize that we cannot stop and talk to every person we see, no? because there's a lot of people in the world. But there will be opportunities for you, no? and you will know when they come. Trust me. Okay? The word says that we have been created in Christ for good works, that He has prepared for us beforehand. Okay? Amen. Every one of you will have opportunities to share the gospel. Okay? In this week, um, I asked five people whether they believe in Jesus. And it was easy. I was surprised at how easy it was. Okay? And I think it happened because I was focusing more on... I was busy preparing the message. So I was focusing on this, on these truths that people are eternal. Okay? <coughs> so it was easy for me to just start talking to them about Jesus. Four of the Pope people, four of the people I spoke to said yes they believe. Okay? And that's awesome. We chatted about God's goodness and we about even the vaccine and stuff like that. But one person did not believe and I'm going to tell you about him. So in the week I had to go print um, life group lessons. And I went to Postnet. Um, and outside of Postnet only allows you to have three people in the in the shop at one time. So there's a line in front of Postnet. And I stand in the line. And behind me there comes and stand a very old man. Um, and it was cold and rainy. And uh, so the line was moving on. And when it was my turn to go into the shop, I turned around and I told old man, Sir, you can go in before me. And he was so surprised. And um, he said, Why? And I, for a lack of, I don't know why, I didn't in the moment know why I did that. But I just said, Because you are older than me. <laughs> and um, this blessed him. Um, and I, he was not going in yet, so we were still standing in line. And I was thinking, um, I wonder if this man is saved. I wonder if this man is saved. I have an opportunity now to speak to him. Um, don't assume that when people are old, they know the Lord. Okay? Not all old people know the Lord. Okay? I think I have this conception of, of old people as being wise. Most of them are wise. Eh? But not all of them know the Lord. Alright, so I was thinking this. It wasn't a voice from heaven saying, JV, speak to the old man about the gospel. It wasn't, it wasn't anything like that. It was just a little thought in my head. Is this man saved or not? 
And I asked him, Sir, um, do you believe in Jesus? And it's as simple as that. Mm. That is, you don't have to um and ah, you don't have mm. to think about how am I going to start this conversation. Mm. If you don't know, then just say, Sir, do you know, do you believe the gospel? Do you believe in Jesus? Don't ask, Sir, do you go to church? Because mm. some people go to church, but they don't believe. Yeah. Yeah. So go straight for the for the jugular. Okay. Yeah. Say, sir, do you believe in Jesus? Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are other methods, but yeah. I went for it that way. And um, he said, um, no, no, I don't. I used to believe that. I used to believe that. Sure. And I was so surprised. And, um, yeah. Oh, and he, he asked me, do you believe in Jesus? And I said, yes, I believe. And I took the opportunity and I said, I believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross for my sins. And he raised them after three days. And um, he said, yeah, yeah, he used to believe that, but he doesn't anymore. And I asked him, why don't you believe it anymore? And he said, he asked, he asked too many questions. That's all he said. And then it was his opportunity to go into the shop. So he went into the shop, um, I waited for my turn, went into the shop, <coughs> and um, yeah, so I did my printing, went out, but the old man was still in the shop. So now I had this thing, um, our conversation was cut short, so I don't know, I, should I keep talking to the old man, or should I just, just go home, or whatever, and I decided no, I'll stay. I'll stay and I waited for the guy outside the shop, standing there awkwardly. And um, he came out and I asked him, Hello sir, um, would you like to continue our conversation about Jesus? And he said no. And I left it there, he went, he climbed into his car and he drove away. Okay. I guess you give a food for thought. Yeah. thinking, no, it's very important. Yeah, I trust that by my actions, by giving him a place in line and talking to him about Jesus. It may be so to seed, you know. Um, so this isn't the best testimony you've ever heard about someone sharing the gospel. No? But when I left that guy, that old man, I knew that I, I stepped out. Usually when, when I hear this voice inside me saying, speak to the person and I don't do it. Yeah. Always afterward I will wonder hey, if I just did it, what is this and this and this. But now I know I did give him an opportunity. I did give him an opportunity to share and to talk about the gospel. Okay. Um, I learned that if someone rejects you it's not the end of the world. I also have peace of mind because I know that I tried. If I left before he came back out of the shop, I would have still been wondering what could have happened. We do not have the right to reject the gospel on behalf of someone else. Okay? Yeah. If you decide, no, this guy looks like he's saved, then you rejecting the gospel on behalf of him. Okay? Think about that. Um, the question we need to ask ourselves is, what is stopping me from sharing the gospel? Ask yourself, what is stopping me from sharing the gospel? I know that most of us here has been receiving teaching for many years. No? 
we know the gospel. Alright? Even if you think you don't. Many times we hold back because we think that we need to be able to explain the whole Bible. That's not the case. Okay? You just share your testimony and, and share what you know. Yeah. Alright? If you're saved, you can, you can lead someone else to God. <coughs> we are commissioned by Jesus to preach the gospel. It is super easy because we can prepare ourselves beforehand. Okay? In the school of the believer that we had yesterday with Shane, he said, take some time. Take some time of your day. We all have time. No? I'm sure of it. And go just, just write down what you would say if you were to share your testimony. Yeah. Just look at some verses and think about what you would say if you were to share the gospel. Not that you hold this piece of paper with you wherever you go. No? It's just to, to put your, your thoughts into line. And then you will notice it's very easy to share the gospel. So let's look at some gospel scriptures. Some simple gospel scriptures. Ephesians 2 verse 8. Write this down. Ephesians 2 verse 8. And go read it in your time. Um, a good idea is also to, to write it on a piece of paper and stick it somewhere where you see it a lot. Okay, Like on your fridge or on the back side of your toilet door or wherever, wherever you look a lot. While you're making or washing the dishes, paste it there. Ephesians 2 verse 8 says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So what do we learn from that? What do we, what do we learn about the gospel from that scripture? Only by grace. It's only by grace. Né? And you guys, you know that, right? You know it's only by grace. Yeah. And by faith. Faith. It is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. It is not by works so that anyone can boast. What do we learn there? We learn that? You cannot buy it. You cannot earn it. Yeah, we cannot earn salvation. There's nothing we can do. We cannot work for salvation. So that, I think, is a, a very good scripture to, to remember when you share the gospel. Yeah. Ephesians 2 verse 8. Okay, write it down. Write it on your wall. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19. I'm giving you some, just a few scriptures that you can use. And it's not like you have to go and memorize them. You don't have to memorize the scriptures. You just no. need to know in your heart mm -hmm. what is standing there. Mm -hmm. Because then you can say, uh, if the Bible says this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be the truth. No? Mm -hmm. You don't have to say in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 19. And then rehearse the whole verse. Just know what the Bible says and share it. Second Corinthians 5.19 says, For God was in Christ, God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, no longer counting people's sins against Him. What do we learn from that? The, the penalty for sin has been paid for. No? It says, no longer counting people's sins against them. Do you know how many people think that God is still holding something against them? 
that how many people still believe that God is wanting to punish them for their sin. There's a lot. Okay? And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Who did he give it to? To? To us. To the believer, no? For God made Christ, uh, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin. That's the gospel. God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with Him through Christ. That's the gospel. That's the gospel in a nutshell, no? That's all you need to know. All you need to share with someone. God is not holding your sins against you. He has forgiven you. Believe. Okay. John 3.16 Who doesn't know this scripture? John 3.16 For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And then many times we forget verse 17. It's also very good. It says, God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. What does this scripture say? We can only be saved through Jesus. We can only be saved through Jesus. Amen. So there's no judgment anymore. There's no judgment anymore. People believe that Jesus came to judge. Here it says clearly, not to judge, but to save the world. Okay, this it reveals something of God's heart as well. This is how God loved the world. People think God is angry at them. It's not true. This is how God loved the world, that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes, believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Okay? And then you can turn that scripture around. Eh? So this is John 3 verse 17. Turn it around and you've got John 17 verse 3. It's an easy way to remember it. Eh? Turn it around and you get John 17 verse 3. And John 17 verse 3 says, And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Okay, so this verse tells us what eternal life is. Because many people think that eternal life is only heaven one day, which is not true. No? It's, it's, it starts in this life. It's a relationship with God. I think a different translation says it, or the King James says it a bit different, a bit better, I think, for me. This is eternal life, to know God and the one whom He has sent, Jesus Christ. To know God. To have a relationship with Him. Okay. People don't don't know this. They don't know that God just wants a relationship with them. Yeah. I know that most of us know these scriptures. And all the truths that they are bringing across. I heard it from your, from your very own mouth right now. Okay. You don't even have to tell the person exactly where it is written. You can just say the Bible says. We don't have to try and save anyone. Okay? God saves people. You just need to share. You just need to open up your mouth and share. Okay? If we could take on an eternal perspective and realize how valuable people are to God, we will take the time to prepare ourselves. Okay? 
Many people want to have a legacy. They want to make an impact in this world. They want to be remembered. The greatest legacy, no? the greatest legacy is the people that we lead to Jesus. Amen. Because they will go beyond this world. They will go for on forever. We as Christians have eternal legacies. Amen. We can make differences in this life that will last for millions and millions and millions of years into the future. Because it's people that live forever. I hope that that you take to heart what has been said this morning. I'm really challenging myself these days as well. Don't just focus on the moment. It's so easy to get caught up in the moment and to just forget about talking to someone. It's much easier to sit in the Uber quiet as a mouse no? and get to where you need to go. But that person has a soul. That person will live forever if you tell him about it. Or he could be punished forever. Yeah. Eternal. Amen. Eternal separation from God. I don't want that for anyone. Okay. Get this focus. Set your sights. Yeah. Set your affection on the things above, Amen. not on the things of the earth. Alright. Amen. Sharing the gospel is easy, guys. <laughs> You're going to see, if you just open up your mouth and start talking the Holy Spirit, that's, that's, that's something else as well. We have the Holy Spirit, and He makes us, what? Effective witnesses. Amen. The Holy Spirit will help you to, to share the gospel. Okay? So don't be afraid. If you get one thought, hey, maybe I should share with this person. Go for it. Go for it. The Holy Spirit will help you. Okay. Thank you guys. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.